Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is setting a good example, a really important topic. I have a terrific expert today who's going to share his thoughts and It's Rob Robertson, and Rob has an extensive background in mortgage banking as a senior executive at Chase. Rob was a fullback with the Baltimore Ravens. Although I'm not a fan of the Ravens, um, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I think it's terrific that we're able to have Rob share his thoughts today. Hi, Rob. Hello, Pat. How are you? I'm doing great. This is such an important topic today, Rob, and I just want to start off before we get into it for you to talk a little bit about how did you get into managing and and certainly uh, share that with our listeners. Well, Pat, first of all, shame on you for not uh, being a Ravens fan. I think that the Raven is the baddest bird in the NFL, so I'll make sure to send you some purple. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. To answer your question, you know, I believe, uh, and believe it or not, I I would say I got into management and managing, you know, at the age of seven years old. And that's when I actually started to play the game of football. Innately, I've always deemed myself as a team captain, even when I wasn't voted the team captain. I always watched and admired what the leaders and the captains would do. And so for me, the game of football, it's really unique because you have different guys from all different backgrounds, different walks of life. And, you know, just like managing in corporate America, it takes discipline. It takes focus. It takes hard work. It takes determination. It takes perseverance. And those are the same mindset, you know, chevrons, if you will, that is leveraged in corporate America. So I believe that in terms of managing you have to instill or have those disciplines and those characteristics to to become and to be a, a good manager. Well, that's certainly a really great point and does raise the issue about what's the, what was the best advice that you ever really heard on the topic of managing? It's funny. Uh, so I, I heard uh, someone tell me you cannot fit in and stand out at the same time. And I repeat that you cannot fit in and stand out at the same time. You know, there's a reason, Pat, that a giraffe doesn't hang with turtles. You know, a giraffe looks high and turtles are are obviously really short and they run slow. And I think as a leader, when you are looking to try to fit in and stand out at the same time, they just don't go together. And so as a leader, you know, you got to keep your head above the clouds, if you will. Stay focused on what you're trying to accomplish and don't get bogged down by, you know, the naysayers. Don't get bogged down by the negative Nellies. You got to, you know, try to keep yourself and your team motivated and positive, looking to move forward at all costs. So when, Rob, when you look at, I guess, this whole topic of managing, and you've done it for many, many years, were there books that were important to you or or was there anything along that lines that you would recommend for our listeners? Yeah. Hey, don't mean to get religious on anybody, but the Bible is always a good one. I, you know, I I say that I I read, you know, often, uh, Pat, and, you know, a couple of books that jumped out at me, honestly, is The Alchemist uh, by Paolo uh, Coelho. And that's a really, really good book. And it talks about omens. It talks about your journey. 
And as a leader, we're always on a journey. When you're managing, you're always on a journey. You know, obviously, there's one I just read recently uh, by Ron Williams. It's called Learning to Lead. You know, as leaders, you're always, you know, looking to learn from others. And, you know, growing is, you know, obviously being educated. You're, you know, being, you know, always being in love with learning and learning from others. And then uh, another book is Winning. Uh, by Jack Welch. Uh, that's a great book. I know people have r- probably heard of, and if you haven't, you should pick that up. But I'll tell you, my all-time favorite is an easy read, and I know I'm just like running these off, but uh, there's a book called The Energy Bus, and it looks just like an orange bus. Uh, it's by John Gordon. It's a really good book. It talks about, you know, energy vampires and how, you know, really just trying to keep you a positive on a day-to-day basis as, as you're going and, and you're leading a team. I think that's a great book uh, for any leader, easy read, and one uh, you should pick up. That's really great. All the, I mean, all of those books are very well known, so I'm glad that you mentioned them. So, Rob, when, when you look about kind of like the secret sauce of managing that you think people miss, what do you think that is? Uh, the number one thing I think that is, is and that's easy, it's passion. Uh, Pat, I, I think bottom line, if you have passion, you know, you can really motivate and, and get your team, you know, really operating in a, in a culture of caring uh, and creating a culture of caring, I should say. And I believe if you're not passionate about what you do, if you're not passionate about leading, uh, you know, and, and to make a difference in the lives of others so that they can tap into their greatness. I think you missed the mark. I think, you know, um, you may have a decent, you know, people can be a decent manager, but you won't be a great leader. I think that there's a difference in my humble opinion between a, a manager and a leader. And I just think that managers can, you know, obviously run the day to day and they can do good, check the box, but a leader always is looking to get better driven by greatness. And there's a reason why the great ones are great. You take Michael Jordan, you know, they just had the last dance in that Uh series and showing how great he was. And you take Tom Brady, you know, those guys emulate what it takes to be a great leader. And if you're a great leader, you're a great manager. Well, I agree with those two. I was a great Michael Jordan fan for sure. And it was interesting to listen to him in that episodes because it really did convey the issue that he was a leader from the get-go, which is really, I think, was why he was so successful. So let's talk about the key practice from a tactical standpoint that you keep coming back to as a manager. What would that be, Rob? Well, I, I think, you know, the, what I keep coming back to is my moral compass. You know, it's funny, we just talked about Michael Jordan, and, and I had had to steal a quote from him when I, I actually put it in my phone, and he said in that series, you know, whenever wherever you have your folk, wherever you focus your energy and your time, you will have success. And and what I have, you know, watched from the great ones is that being great and, and, and being a great leader, it comes at a cost. And everyone may not want to go down that path of greatness that you want to go down. But if you stay on your moral compass and be the change you want to be, never compromise your integrity and always strive to help others be better and be better human beings to help the world to just be a better place, I think you'll find that path of greatness. And, you know, for me as a leader, it's always been not, you know, my particular growth, 
but it's the growth of others that have worked alongside of me and people that have been on my team that I see that are continuing to grow and tap into their greatness. So that's what I'd share there, Pat. Well, that's really a great point, which leads to what we're really talking about today, which is setting a good example. Uh, that is certainly well known in managing, but um, talk, Rob, about what it really means and, and maybe share some experiences that you've had on how important it was to set an, a good example. Well, I'm a believer, and I, and I know I'm going back to football, we used to always say in the game, hey, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. And what that meant was, hey, you told coach you made the block, you told coach you ran the right route, or you made your, you, you handled your assignment. And we get in the film room, and then there it is. They'll put the high beam red light on your, on your number and, and watch you doing that play. And, oh, there you go. You missed the assignment, or you didn't do what you said you were going to do. The eye in the sky doesn't lie. And I believe that that is true and bodes well in life in corporate America. The eye in the sky doesn't lie. And, you know, you you said that, hey, you want to be an example. Well, how are you showing up each and every day? I'm a believer that, you know, hey, we're all walking commercials, whether we believe it or not. With social media and everything that we do, people can document. They take pictures. They actually film. They look at you. They look at the way you walk. They look at the way you talk, how you come in each and every day. Are you positive? Are you energetic? And I just believe that, you know, setting a good example starts with, you know, what you do at home and how you incorporate yourself in the community. I think as a leader, you have to be a great corporate citizen inside and outside your organization. You just can't cut the light switch on when you get there because people and now in, in the new modern day world are watching. And I also think, you know, as I said, energy is, 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 is key in terms of how you present and how you show up because no one wants to talk to a blah or be around a person that is always, you know, talking about the doom and gloom of life. I'm a believer that everyone has their own set of, I'm not going to say problems, I'll say opportunities. And it's up to you and me how we respond to those opportunities. And it goes back to attitude. And I just think that, you know, when you look at just key rules to success, I read some readings from, you know, the motivational speaker, Les Brown. And, and these are some things that I live by that I think really bode well in terms of leadership. And, you know, these are my top 10. Number one, you know, believe in yourself. Uh, I think if you believe in yourself, others can believe in you. Number two, amaze your customers. Whatever you're doing, whether you're leading, and that's internally and externally, you want to set a great experience. And I always tell people, if you put in great service, demand a tip. And what that means is you're not asking them to give you anything. Typically, if you do, if people offer you great service, people are going to arbitrarily want to tip and want to, you know, work for you and work alongside of you. Number three, take full responsibility of your life. It's no one else's, it's yours. Take responsibility. Number four, stand up to yourself. Sometimes yourself tells you no. And you have to look in the mirror and tell self, yes, I can do this. Yes, I can be great. Yes, I will, you know, go do something and stretch myself. And number five would be go all out. I think sometimes, you know, people leave regrets. We used to say that don't leave any regrets on the field. People leave regrets in corporate America. They could have done that one more thing or made that one more call. 
And you got to go all out in whatever you do. Number six would be stay busy and work your plan. If you don't have a plan, you plan to fail. And I think you have to stay busy, constantly educate yourself, learn, and work your plan. Seven would be give more than what's your, what you've been paid for. I think sometimes people do just enough. And, you know, as a leader, and especially leading leaders and in management, you've got to do more than what you're being paid for. And, we're, and also, you know, being able to, you know, set the tone. You can't ask someone to do something that you wouldn't do. Eight would be someone's opinion of you is not your reality. You have a lot of naysayers. That doesn't mean that their opinion of you is a reality. And number nine, you're different. You know, stand alone. Don't listen to what others tell you. You know, sometimes as a leader, it's lonely at the top. But I just say you're different. We have greatness within us. And last but not least is uh, don't stop running towards your dreams. Continue to dream. Dream big. Stretch yourself. Have stretch goals. And don't stop running towards your dreams. If you can do those 10 things, I think the best is yet to come. And you can really create, as I said earlier, a culture of caring. Well, they are all terrific, Rob. And each one of them, we could talk about hours for sure. But of all of the 10, what is what one really strikes home for you? And, and what is one of them that you do every day where you're talking to yourself about that particular topic? What is it that really strikes home for you? I think self-affirmation um, and attitude. Um, because at the end of the day, you have to get up out of bed every day and, you know, don't laugh at me, Pat, but as I get older and some of those football injuries set in, it's hard to get out of bed and, and get yourself moving around. But each and every day, you know, believing in yourself, approaching that day with the best attitude that you can and really bringing that attitude to your team. I think that, you know, a lot of times, you know, you could have a bad day or you can have a bad morning. And then what what happens is human nature tends to bring that across the threshold to your organization. And just because you had a bad day at home or your kid said something or your spouse or significant other said something to you and you bring that into your office or bring that into your team, that's not their fault, right? So it's kind of like taking self-inventory. What I like to do every day, I get up and I do something in terms of typically I work out or I'll go running. And to me, I just, I'm really thankful for the little things. I'm thankful for the birds chirping in the morning. I'm thankful for just the sun shining or the rain falling or just the clouds. I mean, just the little things that, you know, we have. If you think about the, 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 environment we're in right now with COVID-19, people are having to pay. And I'm talking about to, if, they, if, if they get sick and they have to pay for a ventilator, they're paying for air. Guess what? We get free air. We get to go outside and breathe, you know, the good, great oxygen and, and, and it's free. And, and just you know, really being grateful uh, for little things as such. And I go back to attitude, Pat, attitude. And I, I have a parable that I'd love to read to you sure. that, that talks about attitude. And, and this is by uh, Charles Swindle. And I, I have this in my uh, bag. I keep this on a day-to-day basis. And sometimes when I'm having a not-so-good moment, I have to go back and reflect on this parable. And it goes like this. It says, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. 
It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than success, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The, the remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. Play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. And if, you know, if people really take that at face value and recognize, again, life is, you know, 10% what happens to me, 90% how I react to it. You know, I think that that takes us all a long, long way. Well, they're, they're terrific comments and, and obviously so true. So I really appreciate you sharing them. I have a question about the walking commercial. I thought that was an interesting point that you were making that I do think does apply to today, where as a manager, everybody has a, a smartphone. Everybody is doing video of everything in the world. And so talk about how that impacts managing when you think it through as a walking commercial that the managers actually is that. And likewise, your employees are walking commercial too. So talk about that for our listeners today. Well, I think when you when you think about the reality of as a leader, I, I've always lived by the mantra, hey, I don't have to gain respect, but I can lose respect. And so if my team or the organization that I represent and I'm in the community and, you know, it could be a customer or the spouse of a customer or, you know, someone that knows that I work for my organization and I'm not representing myself the way that I should or the way um, the organization, you know, pillars or, 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 you know, statement in terms of value statement, then what am I doing? I I also implement that with my family. I tell my children, I mean, and people have to really take this at face value. If your children are posting things on social media or your wife or spouse or significant other is posting things on social media, that means people can see it and you're attached to them. And I always tell the team, we, we go in, my, my, in, my, in our household, Team Robertson, that's my last name. We're all a team, you know, and at the end of the day, your decision affects me. My decision affects you, whether it's getting in your kids into a school that they would like to attend or whether it's, you know, you're going for another opportunity in corporate America, another role. All of that matters. And I think that if people recognize that we're all walking commercials and everybody's watching, the world is watching, I think we'll be in a much better place because you recognize that, hey, if I am asking my team to, hey, this is how I want to represent and the culture that I would like to represent, but I'm not living that, guess what? They're not going to do it. I'm never going to tell people to do something that I wouldn't do. And this is a key portion of, or I just say element, if you will, of leadership. A lot of times, you know, you have leaders that's standing at the top of that hill and telling their team, hey, run, I need you to run, get here, get here, get here. And you have your team members raising their hand, they're looking up the hill and they're raising their hand saying, hey, I really wanna get there, I just don't know how. And sometimes that walking commercial, you're showing them how. 
you're showing them the way. You're modeling what you deem would be and could be an example for success. And that's what I mean about the walking commercial. Well, that's a great point to end on today. Is there any, like, a couple comments that you would want our listeners to kind of take away? You know, I would just say, hey, to tell the listeners, uh, you know, don't suffer from possibility amnesia. You know, a lot of times we have all of these great, you know, dreams, ideas that are possible, and we never, ever bring them out. We never birth them, if you will. And a lot of people keep that shut up inside of them. And I always say, you know, people suffer from silence and suffering in silence. And there's things that they want to implement. I just would tell you, don't suffer from possibility amnesia. I'm always telling my my kids and my, you know, you know, at home, I should say, hey, you know, tap into your greatness. Go, you know, do the things that you're passionate about. And that's the same thing at work. You know, there's a lot of ideas people want to share, they want to do, but they're afraid. You know, don't be afraid, be bold and really go after your dreams. And if you can do that, I think that you'll feel better about yourself. And you may, you know, have a great idea that may be something that our world, our country or our community needs. So remember that don't suffer from possibility amnesia. Well, that's a great point to end on. Be bold. I want to thank you, Rob, for sharing your thoughts today. And I would like to ask the listeners to take a second and rate our podcast and look for our next podcast. Thanks so much, Rob. Thank you.